Hello, everyone. Welcome to Avoiding Entropy. I'm your host, Tumultuous. And today, finally, we're going to talk about time. What is it? What is time? We can't fathom how to explain it. We can't touch it or feel it. But it affects our entire lives on a second-to-second basis. It moves mountains, and yet it is so mysterious. How is time perceived? It's different for everyone. Because if you're having fun and you're doing something that you enjoy, time seems to fly. Hours seem to turn into minutes, and sooner than later, you're fun time, so to speak, is over, and you are at awe and disbelief as to how it went so fast. Perception is often reality. On the other hand, if you're bored, or God forbid detained, time seems to drag on forever. Seconds turn into minutes, minutes turn into hours, hours turn into years. When you're asleep, when you're dreaming, Most dreams last only a matter of minutes, maybe seconds, but to you, sometimes it seems like they've been going on for years. Perception is reality. Now, time travel is almost as complicated as it sounds. However, we are not that far from achieving it. In fact, there is a human being that holds the record for time travel, well, on paper, And his name is, I don't remember actually, but he's a Russian cosmonaut. And basically, he also holds the record for the longest time in space. And if you orbit the Earth at 16,000 miles an hour for two years, you will have gone a fraction of a second forward in time. Because the photon of light experiment, where it bounces between two mirrors, stationary. And if you took the apparatus and started moving it, the photon of light to bounce for those two mirrors would have to move at a zigzag pattern meaning the faster you go, the slower time goes for you. So to travel back into time, into the past, is impossible in this universe because it would create a paradox that cannot be. If I were to kill my great-grandfather, how would I exist? Who traveled back into time if my grandfather has been dead and I, you know, killed him? It's impossible. It's a paradox, so it won't work. The only way to travel back in time, actually the only two ways of traveling in time as we know right now, is either into the future or back into time into a different universe. Now the latter, meaning that would have to be different universes, which there's another theory that states there are billions in fact, different universes that are parallel or adjacent or similar to ours. Every choice you make, everything you do, shifts your reality into a different one. So if you made a left turn, then your reality would be going forward as if you did. But if you hadn't, what if you didn't make that left turn? There is another reality that goes on. You don't know of its existence, but it does go on, and you never made that left turn, and things unfold the way they do. The only way to travel back into time is to travel into one of those parallel universes where you wouldn't exist because you came from a different timeline. Another you would exist, which would be a very, very interesting encounter. So for all intents and purposes, say... That's probably not a good idea. Traveling forward in time, however, is possible. And if not possible for the human being, unless there's some sort of an anomaly in a warp that happens, but that's out of our control. I'm talking about traveling forward in time that we can control and manipulate is possible so far only with energy.
photons, beams of light. Uh, Einstein said that there, in his theory of relativity, said that there's nothing faster than the speed of light. That is, in fact, untrue. We've already discovered that for the speed of thought is faster than the speed of light. And, of course, it's not a real thing, thought. It can be measured. There was an experiment done where a couple of different subjects were told to sit in a room and during the 10-minute span of time to flick their wrist as many times as they wanted, period. That's it. And they measured their brain activity. And what happened was very, very astounding. Not only did the brain start thinking about moving the hand way before the hand moved, which is obviously understandable. You think about it, your, mes- your brain sends a message it's an electrical impulse down to your muscles, and then your muscles react and you move your hand. Before the thought was had, before the message was sent, half a second before, in fact, which is to an Olympic sprinter, a lifetime, and to a brain neuron cell, half a second is an eon of time, millions of years. So half a second before the message was sent to the muscle, the brain started having activity. So it was booting up, so to speak, half a second before it had the thought. So you are constantly living half a second before things actually happen, which is where deja vu comes into play. Because a lot of times, that half a second time, there's a hiccup, so to speak, and you think, wow, I've seen this somewhere before. This is so familiar to me. I was sitting in the room. I was talking to this person. I was doing this. Yes, it literally just happened because you were living in half a second before you did, but you perceived it at the same time. So you think that you're having deja vu. In reality, you're just seeing something twice. And it wasn't a long time ago. It was right now. Time is interesting because for every single person, it is a different thing. It happens in a different way. But to say that we live half a second in our minds before reality actually happens to us is not completely crazy anymore. Which leads me to my next point. There's another theory that states that we are all living in a simulation. None of this is real and it's all a video game designed by some mad scientist or a computer that is testing what it is like for AI or artificial intelligence, rather, to have free will. And to believe it or not, there is, the probability is higher that we are living in a simulation than we are not. If we are living in a base reality, which is what reality is, chances are, I think, one in a billion or something like that. Because if you think about it, the, the exponential curve of technology, how quickly it has risen from just inventing the light bulb to now having virtual reality games that are really, really similar to real life. In fact, in about 40 years, they will be undistinguishable. You won't be able to tell the difference between reality and a simulation. What goes to say that that hasn't already happened? Alan Watts had a very, very good lecture on this, and he said, if you could dream anything, what would you dream? And he basically goes through the stages of life. You know, first you would go get wild and you would like, you know, eating food and drinking, sex and all that stuff. And then you would get bored of that. So you would become wise. And then eventually you would dream about being in this room, listening to my voice right now. So what's to say that you are not dreaming? How do you know that what you're experiencing right now isn't some sort of 
exquisite virtual reality and that when you wake up, you either pass the test or you don't. Theory is that to move on to the next plane of consciousness, we have to go through this one. We have to experience life as a human being with amnesia because that is the catch. If you want to experience the most beautiful reality in the world, you're going to have to do so not remembering a single thing because that is the true test. If we can go through this life learning what we're supposed to learn, which, by the way, is our own determination. So the theory states that we determine what we are to learn in this life and then we give ourselves amnesia or we take upon no memory and we go into this life. Odds are that we're going to find our way are very good because we surround ourselves with people that we know because they're also consciousness that we know that agreed with us to be along this line and help them find their own goals. If we had a memory of our previous lives, then it would be cheating because we would just know exactly what we needed to do and thus not being able to actually learn the lessons. We have to have amnesia because we actually have to learn what we're supposed to do. So if someone was too giving, now maybe perhaps they need to be a little bit more selfish and vice versa. If somebody was just egotistical and selfish, now they have to learn how to be emp empathetic. But be that as it may, at the end of our lives, when we wake up, we are able to move on to the next level of consciousness. Or, having failed all of our tasks, we would have to start this one over again. And when, who knows how and where. Now, that theory is not very far-fetched from the theory of reincarnation and all religion. In fact, it is pretty much identical. It's just explained into terms that the, millennium, the millennials, so to speak, can understand. I could explain to them Hindu, the Hindu religion or the Catholic religion in a video game and they would completely not only buy it, they would believe it, they would understand it. In fact, they could probably teach us something about it. For instance, the new app Randonauts where it's supposed to give you random coordinates based on your intention. Then you go there and it's supposed to glitch. The reality was supposed to glitch because if we're living in a simulation, we were never supposed to be at set coordinates because they are given to us at random. So therefore it would glitch when we got there because it wouldn't know how to compute. Now I disagree with that 100% because if we were living in a simulation then that app randonauts would be part of the simulation and us randomly going to that space would have already been pre-calculated by the computer. This other thing that says that there's not possible that we live in a simulation because it would be too exponential, like it would be too complex if we were living in the simulation, excuse me, then the next level would be too vast for it to be comprehensible. Well, how about this? Just like a video game, wherever you turn, wherever you look, that is what you see. So if you're standing in a video game, you don't know what's going on in the video game world behind you because you can't see it. As soon as you turn around, it constructs it for you quickly. Much like that, this could be the same way. So you don't know if a tree if a tree falls in the woods and no one sees it, it doesn't actually fall. Because there is no tree. And there is no woods. And there is no you. So time is all we have, basically. This linear perception of time is everything that we have and is the only thing that we cannot change. Except for that every single second is spent living to its fullest. 
Although that isn't exactly correct either because if I were to live every second as if it was my last, I would never sleep. How could I be living if I'm sleeping? I have to be getting ready for the next seconds when I'm awake to live. I think that you should just live exactly how you're living. If you're unhappy, you should change things. And if you don't change things, then you're not really that unhappy. Maybe that is the lesson you're supposed to learn. Maybe the lesson is humility. Maybe the lesson is pain because you've never had enough of it. And only through pain can someone experience what true relief of pain is. Because although bliss and happiness is great, there's nothing like putting an ice cube to a burn. If you don't ever have burned, you would never know how wonderful that feeling of ice to that burn is when the pain actually goes away. That is a pleasurable experience, believe it or not. I would not like to have pain, but if I do, I would certainly like it to go away. And the instant of putting the ice cube onto a burn, the instant gratification of being free of that pain is amazing. And as soon as you remove the ice cube, it comes back, which sucks. But without pain, we would never experience that. So basically what I'm trying to say is, instead of worrying about time travel, getting the winning lotto numbers, why don't you just play the lotto and travel as you have been traveling, second by second, forward in time, at the rate that you were given. And if time flies, then let it fly. And if time slows down, think about something that makes it fly and it won't be so bad anymore if you learn how to extract value from everything whether it's good or bad whether you agree with it or not positive or negative if you learn to extract value from every single thing that you experience and react to every situation that you cannot control in a positive manner with value time will pay you back and fear not because death is not the last stop. Not for me, not for you, and certainly not for time.